the god of hellfire and I bring you fire. Hi there. I want to talk uh, just very briefly, not for very long, but I want to pose a question. Do you believe that stress and anxiety can attract negativity? Do you believe that that's possible? I've been doing some thinking and uh, some reflecting on some conversations that I've had in regards to uh, what you portray or what you feel on the inside actually physically manifesting or attracting, you know, uh, things on the outside. And one of the focuses of my, of my, of my business, of, of my mission in terms of helping people achieve sustainable weight loss. Uh, one of the things that I talk frequently about is stress. Uh, this is called rest-based weight loss for a reason. <laughs> it's called rest-based weight loss because stress can come from so many different areas and they can look like so many different things. Uh, they, they can look very differently. They can look very different from what you and I might associate what those feelings of stress look like. And so I want to pose the question, can stress and anxiety, those feelings, can they attract negative outcomes? Can they attract negativity? Let's, let's talk through that very briefly. Uh, but before I do, in case this is your first time hearing me, my name is Lene Urban. I'm a nutrition and lifestyle coach. And like I said, my mission is to uh, allow, to teach women to teach people how to achieve their weight loss goals through rest-based living, through rest. And that rest comes in many different forms. Uh, it comes in, in many forms of different lifestyle factors, including diet and exercise, but then also self-care, also movement and some other things. And so if this is your, your, your first time listening and, and hearing about what it is that I'm passionate about, then I would definitely encourage you to, to follow. I'd encourage you to subscribe because the content that I have coming this year is going to be geared toward these lifestyle factors that lead to sustainable weight loss that we may not think actually leads to sustainable weight loss. Okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about stress and anxiety. I was having a conversation. I was doing a Facebook live interview with, uh, with my dad uh, quite a few weeks ago. And we were actually talking about relationships. We were talking about what it takes to be able to be the kind of person that can attract the type of mate that you want. And I, I believe that we attract based on what we put out. So if we are someone who is loyal and loving and we are uh, someone with integrity and we are someone uh, that's trustworthy, then I believe that what we attract then, we attract loyalty. We can attract in integrity. We can attract uh, uh, kindness and those types of things based on what it is that we put out. Likewise, it's very difficult for me to be honest, and, and we're just talking now, we're just having a conversation, but it's very difficult for me to come right out and say this, that perhaps if we find ourselves attracting 
uh, negative, negative people or negative relationships, negative outcomes? Is it possible that there's something within us that is attracting those things? Is there something, are there, are there blind spots that, uh, that's, that's allowing, you know, some, some negativity to turn back around and find us based on maybe what it is that we're putting out there that we don't know. So one of the things that I mentioned in the Facebook live is the fact that if you grow up in an environment, or if you spend a significant amount of time in an environment, let's say more than 63 days, if you spend a significant amount of time in an environment that is, that is anxiety inducing, that induces stress, that induces anxiety, then in order for you to cope and to survive, in order for you to be able to live through that stress and live through that anxiety, your neurochemistry, your biochemistry has to adapt in order for you to be able to survive. So when you find yourself in stressful and anxiety-inducing situations, and you're and you're there for an extended period of time, then there are there are uh, long term. Hi Jennifer. There are there are long term consequences that are occurring to your memories, to where your memories are stored. There are long term consequences of you subjecting yourself to that environment. Now. What we don't realize and what we don't know, and even what neuroscience is not able to yet explain and yet flesh out, we don't understand that our ability to adapt to our environment to keep us alive in those stressful or in anxiety-inducing environments, our ability to adapt and survive through those things, they not just protect us, but they change us. They change who we are. And once those things change us, then they can change the way that we then operate and behave in the world. And we start operating, we can start operating and behaving in the world in response to the stress and anxiety inducing environment that we have found ourselves in over the long term. So once that begins to change our behavior and change the way that we then behave in the world, then there, it's possible that we can start doing and saying things that then continue to attract negativity. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Is my, can you follow the logic of what I'm saying? Uh, can you follow the path? So we find ourselves in a stressful situation. It is not, this is not a, a choice that we make. When we find ourselves in a stressful situation, our bodies must adapt to be able to cope with that stress. Otherwise we'll, we'll completely fall apart. That's what, that's where I believe that a lot of sources of mental illness come from. Um, sources of, of mental breakdowns being in environments where our systems find it impossible to adapt and adjust and cope. Okay. So if we find ourselves in a stressful environment in order for us to survive, our bodies have to adapt our biochemistry, our, our, our neurotransmitters, um, our neurological connections. Those things have to change and adapt in order for us to survive in that stressful in environment. 
But if all of those things within us change, then they will, those things will, can potentially change the way that we then behave and change the way that we operate in the world. So that's how, for example, if you have someone who uh, was previously a very loving and trusting person, now all of a sudden uh, they walk around and they're very bitter, resentful, and they cannot trust anyone. It's usually the case that they have been exposed to an environment, to a person, to a relationship or to a circumstance that completely broke their ability to trust without becoming hurt, without hurting themselves. And so now, because of that experience, that person is now calloused in order to survive that type of treatment again. And so after callousing, now their behavior has changed. Now their behavior is completely different from what it was before they experienced that event. And so that's my question. Do you believe, do you believe that stress and anxiety can then attract negativity? I, I 100% believe that not just from, not a law of attraction standpoint. Um, I don't, I don't talk much about, I don't talk about law of attraction and I don't follow that term and, and what that really means. I'm talking about from like a biochemical perspective. Uh, if we are used to being in stressful and anxiety-inducing situations and then our biochemistry changes in order to survive those things, then I think what happens is that our stressor sensors, our stressor systems inside of us become now prepared to, to, to deal with that stress. And it, it's sort of like a, a, a trainer, somebody that's a fighter that's training for a fight. If someone trains for a fight and they end up losing and getting their butt kicked, then what do they do? They go back to the gym and they figure out how to train differently, how to become stronger, quicker, um, smarter, to do what they have to do to make sure that they don't get that butt kicking, you know, that that experience doesn't happen to them, to them again. And so what do they end up doing once they leave that training that now makes them stronger, leaner, smarter, and more prepared to handle a butt kicking of that type. What they don't do is they, they won't go backwards and they won't try to fight people who are not up to their level. They won't try to fight people at the level that they were at before. Now they're going to be looking for a challenge. They're going to be looking for a fighter who can now match, who's now more uh, comparable to this, to who they are now, to the type of fighter that they are now. I believe that it's the same thing. I believe the same thing happens when we experience chronic and ongoing stress and anxiety is it's almost like our systems, our stressor systems are now trained and prepped and now looking for an opportunity to be able to flex those new muscles. And I believe, I believe very strongly in this and I will do the digging and, you know, I will do the research and the biochemistry and all of that to, to figure out if this is, if this has any merit to it. But I believe that now that we have experienced stress, our stressor systems are heightened, stronger, and more capable of handling higher levels of stress than we were before. Now, I believe that uh, it's almost as if we kind of 
when we encounter a situation or a person or relationship or whatever that can challenge our new state of being, can challenge uh, this this higher this higher ability to handle higher stress. I believe that there's a part of a part of us that is attracted to that, so that we can now test our bigger muscles and test our new skills. And so I know a lot of people, they find themselves in very similar situations or similar relationships or similar circumstances where it seems like no matter where they go, no matter uh, who it's with, no matter what environment is in, they happen to experience the same issues, the same conflicts, the same problems over and over relationship after relationship, environment after environment, there seems to be a repetition of issues and challenges and struggles that they have with people. At what point do we stop and say, maybe this is not about the per- the, the people that I'm coming in contact with. Maybe it's not about the people that I'm in a relationship with. Maybe it's not about the environments that I am finding myself in. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's some, there's something about what I have been through. Maybe there's something in my past, either my recent past or uh, my, my formative years as a kid or as a teen or some experiences where I was exposed to a, a chronic amount of stress and anxiety-inducing situations that uh, perhaps now I am attracting. So... It's difficult for me to speak in a way that just gives like just regular plain old uh, answers. <laughs> here's some straightforward, concrete answers and solutions for you. And here's some concrete evidence. It's difficult for me to, to approach this discussion from that place because I am not someone who suffers from stress and anxiety. Uh, I did not grow up in a stressful home or an anxiety-inducing environment. Um, and then by nature, I overproduce the neurotransmitters that that uh, are responsible for re- relaxation. I overproduce that naturally. So I am constantly relaxed. I am constantly laid back. Even when things seem to be falling apart, yeah, there's a there's a part of me that feels a little stressed out, but for the most part, the feeling of like anxiety and anxiousness and panic, you know, that, that a lot of people struggle with, I can't relate to that. So it's difficult for me to approach this from the standpoint of absolutely. Yes. This is why I wanted to approach it from the standpoint of, for those of you that experience stress and anxiety, for those of you that grew up in stressful homes, for those of you that have found yourself in chronically stressful or anxious anxiety inducing environments or relationships do you notice a pattern of negative outcomes? Do you notice a pattern of negativity that seems to repeat itself and follow you everywhere you go? If so, I just want you to take a look. I just want you to do some reflection. I want you to, uh, to do some uh, self-examination, to do some digging into your past, either recent past or distant past, and, uh, and, and find out what's there do some digging, figure out what's there and see if there's a correlation. And while you're doing your digging, I'm going to start doing some research uh, because I believe that when it comes to weight loss, especially those that are 
primed and prepped and ready for stress and anxiety will not release release any weight, period. A stressed metabolism does not release fat, period. And so when we talk about lifestyle factors, that the changes that are required in order for us to achieve sustainable results, then this is one of those topics that we have to broach. This is one of those things, stress and anxiety are one of those things that we have to take a look at. So that's all. I'm sorry that I didn't come in with any uh, three tips. Go do this. Go try this. Sorry that this is not what this what this particular episode was about, but it is definitely food for thought for, for you and for me. Okay, that's all. If you have any questions, then um, I, I would love to be able to answer any questions that you have live here. I'm going to be on here every single day for the next year. And so if you have any questions, I want you to go to operationfixmylife.com slash question and answer, because one of the segments that I want to start doing in these daily episodes is I want to be able to answer your questions live about the components of rest-based weight loss, especially about uh, anything in particular that like sticks out to you or uh, strikes a, a chord with you that you want to hear me delve deeper into and explain more about. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, that's all. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll be talking to you again soon.